This is an ABC podcast. For copyright reasons, the music has been edited. 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 To hear the full tracks, listen to The J Files, Thursday nights on Double J. Or head to doublej.net.au and click on the track list at the bottom of each episode. Welcome to The J-Files, the podcast for people who love music. Each episode is like a quick music history lesson. We pick a different artist or band, we look at some of the most important moments in their career, and we celebrate their impact on music all in less than 30 minutes. On this episode, it's Braddy, American Punk's Green Day. Welcome to Paradise. Formed in San Francisco's Bay Area DIY scene, Green Day were at the forefront of the 90s punk revival that also saw bands like The Offspring and Rancid become superstars. It was their 1994 album Dookie that broke through, becoming a worldwide hit that sold more than 6 million copies and helped make punk rock a mainstream success. In 1995, Green Day frontman Billy Joe Armstrong joined Michael Tunn on Triple J. The chat was about the album Insomniac, which came out after Dookie, but Tunny couldn't help squeezing in a question about the hit record's unusual name. The thing about Dookie, that we came up with the title of that record from, uh, we were on tour in the van and uh, we used to compare our shit because we'd eat at these horrible truck stops and and uh, you know, I mean, so we, you know, we'd get liquid dookie and hard dookie and <laughs> green dookie and orange and you know, pink, yellow, brown, whatever. It's uh, and we uh, and so that's kind of where it came from. There's no sort of love songs or or, or, or sort of references to loved ones on this album at all. Um, at no. least you had sort of she on the last album. Is that mm-hmm. does that mean you're getting laid more often now, or the band's getting laid more <laughs> often, or uh, or you're not? Well, I mean, I I wrote a, I mean, I used to write love songs quite a bit back in the the earlier days, except on the first on our first two albums. Yeah. And uh, um, I don't know. I just kind of went through that whole period of my life where I was just really into writing love songs, and I don't know, like a lot of you know, I mean, of course, you know, love and hate are pretty pretty you know close together, you know. So I mean, you know, a lot of my hate songs have to do with love, you know. Insomniac, um, is this sort of like a, a, a drug reference, or is it um, just simply having problems sleeping? Um, it's kind of like an uh, has a drug overtone to it. I'll admit that. It's also has to do, a lot of the songs were written in the middle of the night because of um, just quirky sleeping habits and stuff. And oh, I wrote one song called, uh, on the record that used to be called Insomniac, and now it's called Brain Stew. Right. So, so I mean, it's so like Insomniac was kind of relevant for the whole record, really. Is this partly because of your son keeping you awake, your new... Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. How old is he now? He's uh, almost eight, well, seven and a half months. You have to be all responsible now, Billy. Yeah, I know, I'm an adult now. (laughs) Oh, the old Pursuit of Happiness song coming back. But this album, you see more um, self-destructive on it than Dookie. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it didn't really, wasn't really purposely done that way or anything, it's just... I don't know, I think a lot of it is just 
the anger and like just the frustration that I've just gone through within the past year and I don't know it's real shrink kind of therapy shit you know <laughs> well how about this the lyrics to Brat okay because a lot of people haven't heard the album yet mum and dad don't okay, look, okay. look so hot okay. these days they're getting over the hill death is closing in and catching up as far as I can tell got a plan of action and cold blood and it smells of defiance I just want well, sorry I just wait for mum and dad to die and get my inheritance that's pretty rough <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of like Ode to the College Student, you know? Yeah, right. It's like, well, I grew up broke, you know? Um, and, you know, I, mean, I I paid my mom's rent, you know, by the time when I was like 17, 18 years old. Mm. So mm. it was, uh, you know, so I mean, I have, at first it was kind of this envy for college students because they could, especially in Berkeley, because it's this whole fantasy world of, it's, it's totally overrated, you know, Berkeley, California. It's because, you know, it's like, oh, hippie culture, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you can afford to be a dirty-ass hippie, you know. It's like there's, like, all these kids that go to college and stuff, and it kind of turned from envy, envy to jealousy, really. And so that's this is like my way of venting is just to kind of, you know, how did you know, the college? How did you know these people from Berkeley? Did you go? Where to college? Yeah, I didn't think you did. No, I live in Berkeley. Oh, right, okay. So you just see them around the place. Yeah. Uh, do you have a lot of fans in Berkeley on the Berkeley campus now? Um, I got no. <laughs> I I know a couple people, but you know, and a couple people are right, but I don't know. I had a girlfriend once that was pretty aggravating person, just like this totally uh really politically correct oh no you know? oh yuck yeah understood right. yeah so i mean in, in what ways what sort of things would she do she, well she was just a rich little snot basically that came to went to berkeley to be this like you know l raving punk rocker lunatic fucking you know annie's nin reading fucking flake basically so i just you know wrote a little tune about her which one's that <laughs> Well, no, I mean, it really, Brat is just sort of like kind of what... Oh, it's her song, Pride, okay. No, no, not really. Oh, it's, right. I mean, it's just kind of like Ode to her. It's like all the, the people I met through her and stuff. In 1996, Green Day came out to Australia for the first time. It was on this tour that an up-and-coming Australian band managed to score the coveted support slot. Here's Chris Cheney with the story of how The Living End nabbed the opening spot for Green Day. We've had the pleasure of playing with Green Day several times. The first time, and I've told this story a lot so I won't waffle on with it, but essentially Green Day were coming to Australia in February 1996 and I opened Beat Magazine one day and saw a full-page ad for it. And I remember saying to Scott, our bass player, man, we've got to get tickets to this show. Like, we've got to go and see them because we were, we were real big fans at that point. And then we sort of had this crazy idea. Well, there was no support band or anything announced, so perhaps we could maybe get a gig with them if we, you know, played our cards right. Not really knowing how the industry worked because this was very early days for The Living End at this point. But we were booked by Cheer Squad, which is Wally Meany, Wally Even, however you want to refer to him. And we gave him a tape and a seat, or it might have even just been a CD. I'm not sure whether we had tapes or CDs at that point, but it was very early days, as I said, and a T-shirt and a couple of other things. And we sent it over to Green Day Management, explaining who we were, could we play with the band when they came to Australia. 
And, you know, we, we just probably had no idea that, that that's how it would work, that it would get to the band and they would listen to it and they would give us the gig. But lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. And a few months later, we found ourselves driving to Brisbane because in those days we didn't have enough money to fly. So we drove to Brisbane to start the Green Day tour at, at Brisbane's Festival Hall. And I'll never forget, we pulled up in the van and we opened the big doors on the side of the venue and we walked in and there they were doing their sound check. And it was just absolutely incredible. We, we couldn't believe that we were actually going to go on tour with this band. And we met them and they were so nice to us. And they said, yeah, we got your CD and we put it in the car and we really liked it. And and I think the clincher for us was that Billy Joe was a big fan of Husker Du and they had had a record called The Living End. So maybe that's how he ended up getting the package that we sent. Subsequently, we did that tour and it was the first national tour we'd ever done. And all of a sudden, it kind of put The Living End on the map. I think the entire Australian music industry was like, who the hell is The Living End? And why are they, how did they get this support? Because it was huge shows we were playing. Two years later, in 1998, Green Day were back in the country, this time to ring their fifth album, Nimrod. While Nimrod didn't eclipse the success of Dookie, it was still a huge album that saw the band shake things up with a variety of sounds, including ska bounce, breezy tropical instrumentation and the massive acoustic ballad, Good Riddance. So take the photographs and still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life It was a song Billy Joe Armstrong wrote out of resentment at the end of a relationship, but it's come to soundtrack all sorts of pivotal and celebratory moments in life as well as TV sitcom finales. Good riddance certainly has proved to be something unpredictable. And something else that was unpredictable was Green Day's appearance on ABC TV show Recovery in 1998. The fans were hyped. The vibe was electric and host Dylan Lewis tried to keep a lid on a slightly nerve-wracking experience as the band launched into an impromptu performance of a very uncensored song. Let's revisit the onset magic of Green Day taking over Recovery in 1998. Did you see that bit of footage? Yeah, it was awesome. Well, I come from Alabama with uh, something on my head, with a, with a crown on my head, looking like a dickhead. So I said a bad job. thing as well. I'm sorry. After after Dookie came out, um, and then Insomniac, which is another fine album. Uh, oh, I haven't got that anyway. And now the new and um, the fifth Nimrod. You had a bit of a break before Nimrod, though, didn't you, from touring and stuff? Why did you have that break? Was that just to get Nimrod together? Um, yeah, we just we recorded about about 50 songs or something. 50. Yeah. And then narrowed it down to 18 what? Yeah, 18 with a lot of B-sides for, uh, you know. Singles. Singles and all that hubbub job. Oh, yeah, yeah. So 40 songs, um, you must write pretty fast. Does it take long to write a song? Um, yeah, it all depends. Yeah. You know, it could take just, five minutes, it could take three years. You know? yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, Stomp we just went forcing. basically, you know, come up with the melody and then go into the garage and just start to bang it out. So, pretty simple stuff. And it's out now. Nimrod is here. With a few changes um, apparent on the album, you've hinted you could cut other styles on your previous albums, but never before this much. You've, you've gone hard. You've got the strings, you've got the, the acoustic-y, ballad-y kind of songs. Bit of harmonica even. I noticed you were um, showing your proficiency yeah, on that I, just I only before. know how to play that one little part in Oh Susanna, so. About it. Did you say and O oh, oh, Susanna? And O oh, Susanna. Yeah. That is O oh, Susanna, isn't yeah, it? That was O oh, Susanna. All right. The band okay. on my name. <laughs> okay. I'm not confused. Don't worry. What's an eyebrow pier? The album's great, though. Tell us about some of the guests on it. Uh, Petra Hayden from a band called That Dog. Is played, that the fiddle? Yes, played the fiddle on it. Um, we had uh, Gabe and Steve from No Doubt play horn. Horns from No Doubt. Uh -huh. Ah, you all buddy buddies there, are you? Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we we bro down. You know. Yeah, Steve's from the same neighborhood we are. Yeah, he's from El right, Cerrito. Yeah. Right, your crown sucks. It's same clashing with the green, I reckon, slightly. Thank you. Okay. okay. Thank you. Excellent. Mm. How come you gave given a money back guarantee on Nimrod? Is that true? Oh, uh, no, that was a that was a line of crap. Was that a publicity no. stunt? Yeah, publicity stunt. I no. like that. You didn't print any of the words in the album, though. How come? Is that too rude? Uh, we can recite some for you. No, no, I don't think you can say any of that! Hey! That can't happen! It's all over! Oh, well, it's been good having recovery on air, and um, I hope you can join Jen. Um, that's very punk of you. It's good to get a little bit punk, though, on, on kids' TV yes, in the morning. The lyrics. I know, I know, I asked for it, didn't I? It was awful. What are your plans for the rest of the year? Are they clean? What's that? What, what are your plans for the rest of the year? Um, just tour, 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 tour. We'll probably be uh, back here, um, maybe after the first of the year or something. Ooh, that's nice. Thing. Really? And is, is it true you're doing some, some music for the new Godzilla film? Hey! Really? <laughs> that's awesome. That's really good. Is that true? Yeah. Hey! If I'm lying. Yeah. Hi, it means yes, yes, yes in yes, Japanese. Yes. Kids, um, hey, whilst I read your gifts... No. Whilst I read your gifts... No. You can't just do that. <laughs> do you mind? I can't do that. I can't do that. Uh, we've got our tour going on. Come on, it's live! Alright, what should we play? <laughs>
That's got to be one of my favourite live television moments ever. Whether it was songs of love or hate or odes to anxiety, getting high, cross-dressing or protesting war, Green Day have shown no topic is off-limits. They may have looked like trashy scamps with their zits, greasy hair and snotty noses, but there was no denying their smart and irresistibly catchy songs, bursting with heart, hooks and an F.U. attitude. The J Files is a Double J podcast. Make sure you like, follow and share. Our producer is Gab Burke. Theme music is by Art vs Science. You can check out Double J anytime on the Triple J app or at doublej.net.au. I'm Kaz Tran. Thanks for listening.